Do you remember the robbery where you wanted to shoot the partner? We won't mention name when he when he didn't when he didn't come up with no, the car. I but I had the robbery. Out. I still think we should have shot him. <laughs> Hi, I'm Larry Lawton, America's biggest jewel dealer. Join me as I walk you through my past robberies, how I planned them, executed them, and ultimately got caught. I'm going to show you how we did things in prison, like making a tattoo gun, making wine, making white lightning. It's going to be very educational. These are the untold stories. Hey, everybody, back. Same spot, same place. We're going to do some more untold stories with my brother and partner of the crew that was the biggest jewel robbers in the United States. And here we are again. Make sure you check out our member program. Check out our uh, members on Patreon, YouTube, our merch. Welcome, Dave. Back, at, back for another session. Yeah, great to be here. Today, we're going to talk about when my brother got shot. So you guys, check this story out. We go from a, a robbery, a crazy robbery. The person spots us. We do the flying. And you gotta go back to our videos in the Gangster Redemption series in the playlist. Make sure you check this out, The Last Robbery. Well, when we're running out of the jewelry store and everything's planned, remember, I plan everything. The getaway, how to get away, what to do. So here we are, we see somebody come up to the window, look in. That's why we went out the front. Looked in. When the person looked in, the car was ready to go. I say, go, go. We bulk everything and we think we got all the guns. I had a bag of this guy's guns in my bag. And he was handcuffed and foot and... Yeah, he didn't gun. have the foot cuffs. No, the, the no. foot cuffs didn't go. Okay. So anyway, all of a sudden we're running out. We hear bang, bang, and the glass goes flying. And we just booked to the car. Now remember, I BB gun. We didn't have guns. We didn't want to hurt anybody. So here we are. We get in the car, and this guy levels the gun. 40, I duck. 44 Magnum. I duck. It goes through the clips right here. He's ducking down. Doing this. And it goes in his back. Head. And it goes in his back. In my arm. Right and in my arm. In the arm. And he screams, I'm hit. I'm hit. And I don't know, I had a little blood, nothing major. I'm done, that's a scratch. I said, David, I'll, I'll drop you off at the uh, uh, hospital. hospital. Okay. You're right, you're right. And he goes, no, 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 get to Brooklyn. Let's get go. to Brooklyn. Let's get out of here, let's get to New York. We get to New York and that's the getaway where I go behind the car and I pay the toll and I got a bullet hole. Behind the truck, wasn't behind it? Behind the truck, behind an 18 wheeler. So the person in the booth. Pennsylvania Turnpike. And when I went up to that booth, what did, did we hear in the... Tell what, what we heard. What did we hear? We heard, we be heard on, on the lookout. On the guy's radio, be on the lookout. And they gave for, a description. They gave a description of the car we were in. And this but, is us listening to this. But the guy did not... He wasn't paying attention. You could see he didn't Meanwhile, there's it. a bullet hole right in the middle of the windshield. I'm, I'm in the car bleeding, but I'm okay. I mean, best you could be. And uh, we pay our toll. This is back before Easy Pass and all of that. Right. Pay our toll and get out of there. Mind you, we got to go through two or three more tolls. We got to go through the, the, the Varazano. Yeah, we, we went go all the, the way. We went all the way, about a two-hour drive, to get to Brooklyn. Once we got to Brooklyn, we were somewhat safe, or we knew. Still with a bullet hole in the windshield. And a bullet in him. And a bullet in me. We take him up to our stash pad on the second floor of the club. And we start working on him. He's all right. We, we got to get him to New York. We got to get him back to Florida. 
This is when it was different because back then you could fly. You could fly with a name and cash. Fictitious name. Fictitious name. Put cash up. Get on a plane and go. Well, nothing like it is today. So anybody understand this that? This is pre 9/11. So he does that. We get him back, and before we get him back, I'm already making phone calls to Florida and talking to my uncle Louie. And I say, we need a doctor. We need a doctor. My brother's got a bullet. He's in got him. a bullet in him. We need a doctor. And he's hanging out at the track. So what does he do? He gets a veterinarian. First of all, he's a construction guy. So he's building a house for a judge. He's building a house for a judge. It's all in the construction. Yeah, and he sets up horses with a with a with a uh, a door. It was a door. It was a door. And he puts them, you know, getting ready for him to come back. Thank God we to got get a operated on by a veterinarian. Thank God we got a mother who has no idea what we did. Because we told her we were playing around with guns. And David got shot. And we can't go to the hospital because you can't do that. Ted is shot. And my, my mother ends up taking care of him. Uh, not understanding why. I mean, just, oh, okay. And she takes care of him. She was a nurse. And thank God because now he's all right. And obviously this doesn't affect him in any way. So, I mean, when you think about that whole entire thing... That alone is an episode or two in any kind of TV show, which we know we're gonna make. Matter of fact, I tell this story all the time. I told everybody, I said, let me tell you what's gonna happen with my brother. And now I'm out. It's 2007, about I get five out. Five years now, about, about four years. I get out in 2007, my brother gets out in 2010. Or, or, or 2011. 2011. Well, I know what's gonna happen, and I tell everybody, I said, I'll bet you money he takes his cup He's going to take detergent, stupidest stuff. And I told him, David, come out of the prison. I don't care if you come out in your underwear. I got whatever you need. Sneakers, clothes, sweat, whatever you need, I got. He what drove up he... to meet me there. Because I had that rough trip on the bus. Everybody knows about it. It was in my book. And I was really uh, dysfunctional. And I didn't want that to happen to my brother. I said, I will go up and get him. I just get off paper. Paper is uh, the three years of, of, of really a sentence you have after probation. probation, parole, whatever you want to call it. And I, I end up telling him, I'm coming to get you. And uh, I end, I'm I, I actually, let me see if we can't put pictures up here. And I end up taking my brother and picking up. It was so great. And we had a great trip back. Yeah. I remember that. He was free. He wasn't free. He had to go to a halfway house. The same halfway house that I got kicked out of. And go back to Coleman to go meet the boys up in, in Vic and all my yeah, gang. Because yeah. I went crazy. It was a brand new halfway house. How was that halfway house? Uh, they suck, but, you know, it's, it's better than prison. It's better than prison. Everything is better than prison. Trust me on that one. So anyway, let's get back to a little couple of the stories on your bookmaking escapades or your uh, uh, prison escapades. Because people do want to hear that. What prison... I mean, obviously, I guess, Jessup, you would have, that's your biggest way with work and stuff. Well, Jessup, I did the most time. I did about six... Yeah, five years, right? Five, six years at Jessup. I did. I never lasted that long. Two and a half person. years at Loretto. I did another two and a half, whatever it was, at Allenwood. But Jessup probably was the best prison I was in. Probably. No, probably. It was. And you and um, you built up your best, like, you know, your own routine. I, I had my good what routine. What did you work yeah. there? What did you work in the prison? I didn't. I used to wheel a guy in a wheelchair, Bernie. No, that was in Allenwood. No. Jessup? Oh, no. That was Al Bernie was in Allenwood. Jessup, I didn't work. 
I don't know what I did. You got me a job somewhere when you first got there. <laughs> when he got there, obviously we got the connection, so I probably got him a job on the yard. Probably well, on the yard. I no one did anything. the yard that you never had to go to. Right, you just go to the yard. That's all you had to do. Sign it. your name and walk the track. Do you know, whatever you play want. Play bocce. Him, he was running a bookmaking ticket, so he had to be there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually got in good shape there. I ended up uh, working out, doing stuff. Did it. Ah, oh, what a nice prison. <laughs> nice prison. But anyway, so my brother ends up going and doing his time, gets out, obviously goes back to work. What did you do when you got out? What did I do when I got out? I went back in the union. He, got that, back in the union. I'm a construction worker, HVAC union guy. Came out, went to work in Orlando, joined the union back in Orlando. Now he's still a union. And the reason I'm bringing this up to all the young people out there, I don't know if you know what you're doing in life, but if you're going to do something, become a union guy. And if you're going to be even become a union guy, he'll tell you, you got to go to New York or LA or Chicago. Uh, if you want to make the money and the benefits, go to New York, go to a big city. Or, you know, New York, Chicago, California, Minnesota, you know, your big cities, uh, you can make some money. I mean, I did very well. You know, I'm comfortable now. Do you remember, let's hear this one for you. Do, do you remember the punks in, in, in Jessup? The who? The punks. The, the what was the, the, the one who stole the money? Uh, Jose, who was running Unicor, Unigate, robbed $135,000 gets caught. I was there in the hole when it all happened. I, I, I remember the punk who lived on the third tier in our unit. Uh, now you got me thinking which one. I mean, every unit has uh, it. You know. Every unit has it. And listen, they're good people. No, they, they clean your cell. Guy. They do this. He, he did laundry for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> clean their cells. Yeah. You know, he was the woman in the prison. You paid him. You, you paid him. him. Listen, money wasn't an issue in prison for us because we had the ticket. You know, book of stamps here, cigarette here, get anything you want. Oh, yeah, you buy food, you can buy hamburgers. Commissary. Commissary. You tell a guy who owes your money, go to the store, get me sneakers, do this, get me a radio. And not literally, guys. You don't go to the store with 10 books of stamps and buy sneakers. But you give it to a guy who needs stamps, who's got some money on his account, and he goes, buys you sneakers, you give him the stamps. That's how it works. Or he owes you, and then you take it off right. him, or however you no, want to well, do however, it. However, right. Yeah. So, uh, what, uh, obviously, what you, 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 you've been on Con Air. Oh, many times. I was on Con Air for my Give appeal. them a little bit about Con Air. Oh, Con Air. Con Air, you get a bag, bag lunch with, that, that's, that's three months late, uh, old. I tell uh, you, you get an outdated apple, crackers. Outdated crackers, an outdated apple that's well. rotten. Uh, a bologna sandwich, one piece of bologna. <laughs> Yeah, with stale bread. Green. Oh. And you're cuffed and you're shackled and you're eating like this. Like, like a pigeon. Yeah, every day. Uh, I mean, and they surround the prison. They surround the plane when you get on and off. And when you get to Oklahoma, tell them about Oklahoma. Oklahoma's the layover, you know, for the whole central. It's a central prison yeah. in the whole United States. And the plane pulls up to the prison. Like you're at Kennedy Airport. Wow, we were all we were both in Tallahassee, Oklahoma. Yeah, that reminded me Tallahassee. Lewisburg was another holdover. Oh, oh, Remember, oh. you went from from Philadelphia to Lewisburg and waited a couple worst, weeks there to get worst, on the plane. Worst. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, it's the system. It sucks, guys. Don't go to prison. That's Absolutely. what I can tell you. Don't go to prison. Yeah. I'm not talking about prison, bragging about it. I'm just telling you my story. But I tell I can everybody tell you knows that I lost four people in prison. 
My son got killed. My nephew got killed. Not my nephew drowned or got uh, killed. Or got killed. That's a story too. My uh, my grandmother died and my dad died in prison. Never got to see anything. And I'm gonna tell That's you that's the worst part about prison, guys. And I'm gonna tell you another story that happened in prison, and and it's amazing that it happened. Even when I got out, it didn't change. I think you guys know my grandmother died in 2003. Yes. Uh, I'll well, never yeah. forget the date. It was March 20th. And my mother calls, uh, March 23rd, she died. My mother calls the prison and says, can you please tell my son his grandmother died and he was close with her? Do you think they tell me? No. Never told me. March 30th, I call my mom and say, hey, mom, how you doing? Everything good? Yeah. How's grandma? Oh, they didn't tell you? Grandma died eight days ago, seven days ago. How about when dad died? Well, that's what I'm going to get to. So... I, you don't realize how inhumane people are until this thing happens to you. So I, I read to my cell, I'll never forget, I dropped the phone, I cried in my cell, and I did realize at that point, I put myself in prison. I'm not knocking that. I, I belonged in prison, we did. He never, never bitched once a day that he went to prison. Never bitched, not once. So anyway, as this happens, I, you'd think the system would get better. In 2010, my dad dies, December 7th, 2010. My brother's maybe a year to the door. Still, yeah. About a year, a year to the, the door. door. I called the prison myself. I Alabama. said, listen to me. My dad passed away. I want you to please go down and find my brother wherever he's at. And they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to actually go get you and have a counselor come see you. Or well, you a, know a the system knew this. The system knew what to do, and, and I told him, and I knew the system, so I told him what to do. I said to him, can you please tell my bro brother what happened, and blah, blah, yeah, we'll take care of it, you'll know. I'll never forget, I'll never forget. I called the prison at nine in the morning. I end up getting a phone call from my brother at noon, a little afternoon, about one in the afternoon. I say, hey, Dave, how you doing? And he goes, what do you mean, how am I doing? I'm, you know, it's prison, it sucks, you know, what are you doing? I said, you know, dad died. He goes, what? They never told my brother that my dad died. Never what kind died. of heart you got? Think about what I just said. Never know. And prison is like, again, we'll survive it. You'll survive it. Physically, you might have to fight. You will have to fight. Yeah. Or you, you'll have to do what you have to do uh, in prison to survive the physical aspects of it or whatever can happen to you. But... They don't even be human enough to tell when your own mother or father dies or grandmother. And you'd think they would do it. I told them, do this. I know how it works. Still never did it. And the sad part is, if I don't call my brother at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, he can't call me directly. The only way I could call him is I got enough minutes on my phone and money. And I uh, had enough minutes and money. And I didn't, I didn't call him to find out if my dad died. I called him for whatever reason it was. Didn't know. I mean, that's how sad it is. I mean, and with my son. Uh, I, I, I was going to start that. Now, you let you. This is a tough one. Uh, I, his son, who, who passed away, is on my arm. He visited me a week before, too. He visited. He was at my trial. He lived in Pennsylvania. So I was at trial doing a bench trial. And my nephew was in the courtroom. 
and I got to say hello to him, turn around, I talked to him in between a few things before the judge takes a break, and I was allowed to sit and turn around and talk to him in, in the gallery. There was only him in there, a couple other people. I think there was a couple of law students or stuff of that nature, federal court. And uh, I told my nephew, I said, get out of the business. He was in the business. He was in the drug business. He didn't belong in there. We both tried to get him out of it. We tried to tell him, Davey, his name is Davey. He's the third. Get out of this business. You know, Davey, come on, Davey, get out of this. And uh, he didn't, and he ends up getting shot. Twice, David, did he get once or twice? Got shot in the head once. He got shot in the head in the middle of the street and murdered. And he tried to go to the funeral. What did they tell you? Right oh. there. He's right there. My brother is right. What would you say? You visited him a, a, a week A week before? before he got shot, he visited me on my appeal in 2004. When I, when I won my appeal, my 2255, they sent me back to Philadelphia. That's where I was. And Larry was there. And I, he came to visit me. He visited me. You know, we had a good time, and, uh, you know, tell them, talk to them, try and, you know, walk the straight line, do this, don't, don't do this, don't do that. And he goes, and he's going to come back and visit me and before I get transferred back to Chester. And uh, a week later, at 4 o'clock count, you know, everybody knows about 4 o'clock count. Um, every inmate in every federal prison everywhere is standing the on their feet. In fact, I was waiting to do this video. And it was four o'clock count. I was thinking of that exact situation. What he so just four o'clock count. The guard knocks on my door. Lawton, cuff up. What do you mean cuff up? I thought I was in trouble. Cuff up means they cuff up means put your hands outside the door. Behind your back. Behind your back. They cuff you up. They take you out of the cell and they usually bring you to shoe, which <laughs> is the segregated housing unit. Yep. The hole. So anyway, special housing unit. The shoe. They tell me to cuff up. They take me out. He brings me into the center office, and there's a counselor there. And he says, are you David Lawton? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm Lawton. He says, uh, sit down. Said, Do you know uh, this this person? I said, yeah, I know this person. They just called this prison. I called this person. So, Who was uh, it? My son's wife. Uh, my son's mother. Your son's? Maria. Maria. Oh. Maria. So I called my son's mother, um, my ex. She wasn't my and, wife. And they were good friends. It's not that yeah, there's yeah, no we animosity. Yeah, talking mode. I called her back, and uh, she's crying on the phone. And I just broke down crying. What are you going to do? I mean, here I am in prison. Take you back to the cell. What can you do? They don't care. They, they don't, don't give care. a crap. They opened the doors after 4 o'clock count, and I stayed in the cell and cried. Yeah. That's, that's why. That's the worst part about prison, guys. It's who you're going to miss. And trust me, it, it everything else is secondary when we talk about prison and what can happen to you. And we're two men who are getting older in years. I don't tell my age. Maybe you know it by looking it up. But my brother is the same age. He's a year older than me, a little over a year and a half older than me. And uh, here we are, older guys, and, and you are helpless. You are totally helpless. And I know you might be young out there watching. Or I don't care how old you are. And to feel that helplessness is something, listen, I'd rather fight you. I'd rather come face to face, fight you with a knife. I don't care, I can face it. It's gonna happen. Your adrenaline flies, like I fought when I wanted to fight the guards. It, it doesn't matter, you get the adrenaline going, you don't care. This is something that eats at you forever. And I'm sure it eats at him, it eats at me, and it's my nephew. I loved my nephew, my son, 
Matter of fact, my nephew used to come down to Fort Lauderdale with my son, and we used to take them out all over the yeah, place. Yeah, we had good times. And, and but, that's the problem with prison, everybody. Guys, and, you're going to lose family. Guaranteed, if you go to prison and you're married, you're going to get divorced. 95%. 95%, if not more. You're going to be divorced because they're not going to wait for you. I mean, prison ain't for, for you know... You don't want Listen, to to the wife didn't do it either. I have good relationships with both of my ex-wives. They didn't do anything wrong. I went to prison. They didn't go to prison. So I can't expect them to stay 12 years. I get it when they're 60, 70-year-old men, 80-year-old, whatever they are. You know, what are they going to do? I get that part of it. But as he knows, uh, listen, as we know, you lose everything that makes you an individual. They really rip you down and bring you back. He is lucky because he's a strong individual inside. With Forget a strong the family. If you don't have a strong family, you're even. Look yeah. at dad and mom always wrote us letters. Absolutely. We uh, had very us money, big support. Whatever we needed. We had great support from family. My brother got out. He took care of me. My sisters took care of me when, when we were in. Whatever we, we had to do, we did. Thank God for a great family. I mean, but. Even you if know. you don't, you know, and I often talk about this with young people. Listen, you can control some of your destiny, but when you're in prison, you can't control anything. Just nothing. It's it, it, it's part of what this holding is about. I'm gonna get back and we're gonna get back on a quicker, lighter subject too. Do you remember the robbery where you wanted to shoot the partner? We won't mention name when he when he didn't when he didn't come up with no, the car, but I had the robbery. Out. I what still I... think we should have shot him. <laughs> He don't mean it like that anymore. We'll do a video on that one. <laughs> How'd you like to be standing in the store with a guy who took off in a car who was supposed to be but, the getaway But car. I had the out. I had well, the out. luckily. Yeah, well, luckily planned, but yes. It, you know, and we got back to the to the house. Because got scared. And we, the guy sitting in the car got scared because the cop car was driving around a lot. And we're in the store doing our thing. And, and, Think and, about that. And, 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 and you... you <laughs> You want to talk about sitting there with your cock in your hand, you, you're done. What are you going to do? Anyway, I had that out, and I explained that in a prior video that I had another car, so we got that car and got there. Got home. Well, when we got back to the stash house where we were going with the stuff, he's hot as a firecracker. I want to kill him. No one's killing anyone. We know that, and we're going to get it taken care of. But to this day, he's that punk. <laughs> Long story short, it's the last story he ever did with us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, another story. Wait a minute. That was the another, first and last. A first and last. Another story will be the day I got shot. That'll be another. You day. know what? We're going to do that one. Uh, he is the one that got shot. When I ducked, the bullet goes through here. Got a little blood. Goes in his back. Into his arm. Lift your arm. Is it there? My arm here. He, I, I went like this. It hit me. Came through the windshield. Well, it goes through your back. It, it went in. Yeah, it went in me. It still hit me. Right here. Still in me. Can you feel it? Yeah. Yeah, you can feel his, you can feel the bullet. And thank God for good people. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank God to good people. Otherwise, he'd have lost his arm because we were going to put him in front of a veterinarian to cut his arm out. <laughs> but that's a whole story in itself. You know, we're going to cut this off now. Let me close. Uh, this is so much fun. We're going to do more of this. Uh, these are the untold stories. You're going to hear some more of that. You now that you see me, guys, you'll see more of me. You know what? He's happy. He's enjoying life. He's down in Florida with me. 
or enjoying golf or doing the, the things. He, he helps me with the videos in any way he can. And we're doing what we do and trying to educate you as well as show you our lives that are pretty wild. We'd rather see you watch these than make the stupid choices we made and end up the way we ended up. Because we play, lost Stay many playing years. games, guys, instead of robbing stores. That's Absolutely. Play your game out there. I want to, again, thank my brother for, you know, hanging out. And I'm so glad he's here. We enjoy the RV together. So you're going to see more of us doing videos in RVs, traveling around, coming to see you guys. That's what we're going to do. Just get on the road and see us. Both of us are going to do that. Get on the road, meet and greet people. And we're going to do that. So everybody, stay strong. Stay out of prison. Enjoy what we're doing. But understand what we're doing also. We're trying to make you realize none of it's worth it. You know, uh, we're lucky we have our health to a degree. We could enjoy some cigars together, play golf, and, and enjoy these years. But we're the lucky ones. A lot of people don't get to do that. Dave, any other? Brothers for life, Val. Oh, absolutely. Any other words you'd like to say uh, to the guys? You know, you'll be hearing more from me. That's my brother wants. Uh, there's a lot of stories we could tell you. Uh, prison stories, robbery stories. Yep. Whatever you guys want to hear. Even our childhood. Childhood. <laughs> Crazy childhood. They don't want to hear about our childhood, but they want to hear about prison. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Well, whatever wanna... you want to hear, let my brother know. Let and us we'll, know. We'll, we'll, we'll accommodate you guys. We definitely will. Everybody have a great day. God bless. Stay safe. Listen to your officials. Come on. Make the good choices you need to make. Have a great day. Great. We're out.